0: now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX
1: Montana Television. Well, oh, first of all, I got to tell you that the uh, the bath bombs, big hit.
2: Oh, good. Got them
1: for my nephews.
2: Which ones? Uh, just like the regular got, Buff I just City soap like, ones?
1: Yeah, four out uh, of the Buff City soap.
2: Kids love bath bombs. And
1: they just thought, like, Leo, the younger one, thought it was just the coolest yeah. thing ever. He thought I was doing a crazy science experiment in the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff over there, Busty Soap. I got all my, I, I, sh- I shouldn't say I got all my presents there, but I got presents for all of the people that I buy presents for there. It's oh, great. Oh,
2: that's good. I got my boys um, some soaps, and uh, some manly soaps since they're teenagers. And, yeah. you know, so I got them some soaps and then they have these like little soap dishes that are rubber and, wa- you know, obviously washable, but they don't get all gunky and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I got them each their own so they know which soap is theirs. Each soap dish has its own color. So like no drama. Because
1: they don't want to share bar soap. I love it. Yeah. Well, check it out in those sports. First one of 2023. Brought to you by Buff City Soap. Go check out Buff City Soap over there in uh, the Northgate Plaza. Great place for, uh, to get your laundry supplies. You know, I got uh, Got the girlfriend, some laundry stuff.
2: Oh, just what every girlfriend That's wants. That's right. This is my like laundry woman
1: implication. <laughs> I'll pay for it at least. Uh, yeah, no, I, that was not that big of a hit, but uh, everything else was.
2: <laughs> I feel like if you just brought that home on a Wednesday, that would be right, a hit, right, right, but right, not right, maybe right. Christmas.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Also. You did yoga last night.
2: Yes, I went a to, lot
1: of, A lot of times after I get done with the yoga, I usually go in the mornings or at noon. Uh-huh. I want a nap. So was it just like, oh, I just did yoga. Now I can just go sleep at seven o'clock at night.
2: Well, so I did the yoga class from six to 7.15. And then I came home and took a super hot shower, which mm. was just Don't glorious. Think. So yeah. like you do the hot yoga and then you go home and take a hot shower. And nice. I was so zen all night. Like just, I made my mocktail <laughs> and you. I just relaxed.
1: Carolyn's on day four four of dry January and, uh,
2: dry ish. Yeah,
1: she says, I said, are you going to make it the whole month? She said, absolutely not. But I'm doing great so far on the sixth of the month.
2: Hey, <laughs> listen, I'm just taking it day by day. Hey, Keep going. Yeah. If my pants get looser, I will keep going.
1: <laughs> you guys, all
2: that I. the only reason I'm doing it is to lose weight.
1: Well, you know,
2: but I went to hothouse yoga last night I'm telling you on these cold January days, this is the place to be. I had a heat lamp right on me and it seriously transported me back to Florida in nice. spring break when I would just lay out and like burn. It was so great. I could have just seriously just laid there under the heat lamp, but I actually did the workout.
1: Well, good for you. Appreciate Hype House. I just got to do the legs class. And uh, I'm going to be really walking funny tomorrow, but that's the whole point. Working. I'm
2: definitely walking funny today. It was yeah, a hard class yeah. last night. So
1: thanks to the Hype House. Uh, they're on Tool Avenue right next to DraftWorks. Thanks to Hothouse Yoga. And uh, thanks also to Buff City Soap. Uh, we haven't talked in a while.
2: No, it's how are you? been a couple of weeks.
1: First Chicken Does No Sports for 2023. We'll see if we can get canceled right out the gates.
2: Okay. (laughs) That's my resolution. What
1: do you got cooking?
2: Well, let's just, let's get right into Damar Hamlin. Because as a mama bear, you know, obviously my, I was just so upset when that happened. Um, Sure. But good news, as of today on Thursday, uh, he's been able to open his eyes and is responsive and gripping hands to those that are close to him. So So Damar
1: Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, who got run over on Monday Night Football against the Bengals and uh, suffered what looked like uh, a bout of cardiac arrest, had to get given CPR on the field, taken off in an ambulance, and he's been in critical condition last three Let's days. Let's go
2: back to where you said he got run over yeah. because I feel like the person who, you know, who tackled him, T... Well, he
1: was tackling the guy, but yes. Okay.
2: But people were concerned about him because he's upset, you know, obviously. Because sure. his helmet is what hit him right at that wrong moment, apparently, when your heart is beating. Right. And if you get hit in the wrong moment, it can cause this... Um, so I feel bad for that guy, too, because I'm sure. sure that that was hard. It was so rough watching these big, beefy men on the field crying. Um, so, I mean, the whole thing was so scary to watch. Now, when I talked to you about that, you mentioned that there had been a really, ups- really bad injury j- five minutes before that.
1: That's right. Do you want I mean, to elaborate? Whole, that's the whole thing, is that there's catastrophic injuries in most NFL games. Now, most of them don't involve head or heart. I shouldn't say most of them. A lot of them do involve head. I was going to say. but Oh, man. See, because there's the specific and then there's the broad, right? What happens specifically to the human that is DeMar Hamlin is terrible.
2: Right. And it was
1: also very shocking and traumatizing to everybody that watched it. Yes. What the broad strokes of this, though is what has been making me infuriated. I can't believe that this has become a 24-hour news story because I totally understand why people are worried about this guy. But I don't think we need to sit here and wax poetic for 16 hours a day on talk radio about what this means to the greater state of football because what it means to the greater state of football has not changed. Football, what most people don't want to accept, people want to think of football as like a a congregating communal family event. It's a pure blood sport. The change... Chances of guys dying are way higher than people think, and it's actually... Somewhat miraculous that there hasn't been a death in an NFL game. Last death in an NFL game was in 1971. Oh wow! And and this one is not going to be a death in an NFL game. I do I do think Demar hamlin's going to come out on the other side of this. But he
2: probably won't play football. I it?
1: really don't think he's yeah. going to probably play football again. I mean, for, just from a pure psychological perspective, I don't know how you would ever do that. Well,
2: I don't mean, think his mom will let him. Frankly, I yeah. Wouldn't.
1: But I mean, there's you know Tron Johnson, who's a Weber State alum who plays for the Bills. He suffered a head neck injury relatively early, like relatively closely before Tamar Hamlin's injury. And it, it wasn't connected to the same amount of outpouring because he just got carried off the field. It wasn't... C- they weren't doing CPR. and needles in his arm and yeah. all that. There's, this, there's certain optics that go into the CPR and all that that I think really was shocking because I don't think that anybody's ever seen that on an NFL field. But I also think that it's disingenuous to the public to spin this as the worst injury and or the most close to death anyone's ever been in an NFL game because that's objectively not even close to true.
2: What do you think about the camaraderie at the stadium and between the two teams, I I heard well two I heard two things. One that um the whole stadium was silent, like watch you know, and stunned in the situation, but also really coming together. Some people were praying, you know, and everyone was sort of just so concerned about him. Mm -hmm. Um but then also the Bills captains and the Bengals captains got together and said, We are not playing this game. Mm -hmm. Before the NFL called it, they said we are not playing this. So how do you feel about that
1: man (laughs) i have such an unpopular opinion about this
2: you're such a pessimist no
1: it's just that i thought it was very nice that everybody came together i think that the things that the fans don't understand is that the nfl is certainly a fraternity i think that most players do like and respect each other also most guys aren't stars that play for the same team for 15 years most guys that have more than two and a half year nfl careers play for three four five teams, you know, like, like my buddy Colt Anderson is who's from University of Montana. I mean, he played for the Vikings and the Eagles and the Colts and the Bills. And he played nine years in the NFL. He played for like four or five teams. That's generally how it is. And then when you do that, then you get to know all these different guys because they might've played on four or five teams too. So now all of a sudden y'all connected. So I thought it was cool to see that part is just, you know, how it did sort of humanize all of them. And then they were all sort of on the same page again, though. I don't want to sound insensitive to DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin himself, I hope, is good and recovers and all that stuff. If you're going to cancel NFL games and then potentially postpone further NFL action. It's a very slippery slope.
2: Which is why, so this will take me to my next story, which is the Skip Bayless-Shannon Sharp right. debacle. So Skip Bayless tweeted that basically the this late in the season, a game of this magnitude is crucial to the regular season outcome. But then he wrote, which suddenly seems irrelevant. Right. But then... Shannon Sharp and a lot of people thought that was super insensitive. Now, I read it as this is the reality of the NFL season schedule, whatever. But that goes out the window until, you know, we know what's going on with Demar. Is that how you read it? Or did well, you I read think that, it? First of all, because
1: it comes from Skip Bayless, it's that's what inflames people. It's the Ticket Doesn't Sports here on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. I mean... The first thing we got to understand is, I think of Skip Bayless just like I think about like Skip Skip Bayless gets paid almost nine million dollars a year. From is he
2: like a Howard Stern of sports? Is that kind of his thing? Bayless, he likes to say things.
1: He's the inflamer. Got it. Like his his job is to say things that make you mad.
2: Okay. Okay. He
1: gets paid nine million dollars a year to do it. He's one of the highest. Like us. He's one of the highest paid sports media people in the world. Okay. To ge- generally just be a con- uh, a confrontational, inflammatory. Non likable gas bag, right? Basically, I mean, so I think the fact that that's the preconceived notion of what Skip Bayless is caused there to be a lot of so maybe people took it
2: like, well, I guess the regular season outcome is irrelevant now. Like, he people read it that way instead of where he where I read it as like, this doesn't matter anymore, we need to get we need to take care of Damar, right? I don't know who this person is, so anyway, Shannon Sharp. And Skip got in a huge brawl on their show yesterday yeah, about a, a it.
1: morning show on Fox Sports for sure.
2: And apparently this isn't their first fight. Boy, oh, had- yeah, that's
1: what they do, though. They're paid to argue with each other.
2: Oh, maybe we're doing this
1: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tutel and I yell at each other all the time.
2: Well, Tutel yells at <sighs> me, too, because I'm so dumb when it comes to sports. So, yeah. You know, you know I, he's I, our Skip.
1: Again, what happened to DeMar Hamlin is extremely scary, and you hope that he recovers in fine fashion. There's very specific things that happened to him that made it more shocking than other injuries that are equally, if not greater in catastrophe. Do you think- I mean, the fact of the matter is that most guys that are playing in the NFL are significantly shortening the amount of time they're going to live.
2: Right, of course. It doesn't
1: matter if that is within the week or within the century. They're still going to live sure. less time because they played in the NFL. Yeah. So then I just think it's really disingenuous on part of the NFL and on part of NFL fans to say that we all of a sudden care Care. about player safety. I mean, there's been hundreds of guys that have suffered traumatic brain injuries.
2: So you don't think this is going to raise awareness? I mean,
1: if DeMar Hamlin dies tomorrow... And Tua tonga dies in 11 years from a brain injury that he suffered this season. Right. What's the difference? To me, I don't really know if there is besides the shock and awe factor of what happened on Monday Night
2: And that ball. people saw. I mean, the Tua right. thing, I'm still shaken up by, That's right. So, so if that didn't raise I mean, awareness. To, to me,
1: it's like DeMar Hamlin couldn't come back in the game because he had to get CPR and taken off the field. Tua tonga got... Knocked completely out, and then was playing the next week because his med- the medical staff claimed mean, he was back in the game. It's right. like there's, it's just crazy the, the hypocrisy. To yeah.
2: me, so do you think this could change NFL's protocols at all? Or I, I saw this guy, some Cleveland guy, go off on the NFL. I don't know who he who he is. He's like a show on Cleveland Sports or something. It was on TikTok, yeah, where I get all my news. Sure, and he was going through what the NFL um, does and doesn't do for the players, including, like, taking down their payouts and, I don't even know, you know, like, if you get injured, you're not you used to
1: getting... Oh, that's right. I mean, like, that's... I saw this exact video you were talking about. I mean, DeMar Hamlin's been in the NFL for uh, only a couple of years. He's super young. He's only 24 years old. He was a, a mid-round draft pick. So his salary this year is $825,000, but only $166,000 is guaranteed. If and when he gets out of the hospital, uh, if he can't ever play football again, he's do- he will never make another dollar playing football because he's not vested so there's no nfl insurance he gets there's no pension he gets there's no retirement he gets
2: how long till you're vested
1: uh you gotta be you gotta get to your second contract
2: and this was his first contract this his first contract and would he have had another con- like how long are contracts uh know.
1: usually three years your rookie contract's usually three years with either a player option or a, a, a team option so usually four years
2: okay wow gosh that's, not, that's Not great.
1: Well, it's certainly not great. Because again, (laughs) like you're getting to such a slippery slope, but like... The NFL is the NFL and the machine behind the NFL is making this a giant deal, and it is a giant deal. the The guy is in in peril, and he suffered a huge health issue. They're making this a giant deal to make it seem like they care about player right. safety, but, but they, they don't. don't.
2: Right? No, obviously. Guys Tua, get hurt all the time. Well, they showed that with Tua. They had him out playing, and the way they structure their, um, like you said, the pension and their uh, contracts, and they're getting them vested. All of those things are to get out of paying them
1: for sure. I mean, the NFL commissioned and paid for like a a multi-million dollar study to basically come up with the theory that football doesn't cause head injuries. So they're trying to protect themselves, like the whole movie concussion with Will Smith is all about the NFL trying to like deceive people. And then finally they like admitted, okay, football kind of maybe causes head injuries sometimes, but it's okay because everybody that wants to play in the NFL wants to, they'll they'll accept the consequences, which is also true.
2: Do you think also with, I think
1: that that's the other part that's worth mentioning is that, Every young man that plays in the NFL fully has heard about and at least like sort of understands the risks. Yeah. But they 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 think about the risks Vers- that, that, that that's for someone else. Sure. That's not of for course. me. Because yeah, yeah. I am twenty-four years old and I'm invincible. I'm the toughest, most athletic person that I've ever known. And I'm gonna go play in this crazy warlike blood sport. And I think that's what was so shocking is when you see a guy get knocked out. On the field, you're like, oh, that's happened to maybe me, maybe before. I'm fine, so he'll be fine. You see a guy break his ankle, oh, that's happened to me before. That's fine. You see a guy getting CPR with needles in his arms, and the ambulance is coming out. You're like, well, that's never happened before. I've never seen that before. Oh my gosh, we could all die. Mm-hmm. And then they all freaked out because they're like, well, that that could happen that could to be me. me.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I think it was like this cumulative removal of the invincibility that they all feel. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Clark, who's a great NFL analyst, used to play for the Steelers. He well, has sickle cell anemia. That's important because sickle cell can get triggered really badly if you play at super high altitude. Okay. So when he was playing for the Steelers, they played in, in Denver, Denver. Yeah. And they had just he had just gotten diagnosed with sickle cell, and the trainers were like, "Man, you really should not play because your blood could just get so thin that you just die." And he was like, "Well, that's just not going to happen to me." And then Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, sat him down. And was like, "Man, I know you're like the most competitive guy, and like you want to help the team win." we just can't have you go to Denver and die. Yeah, it's not a good look. But Ryan Clark talked about how like that was this moment in which he realized, oh my gosh, I am not invincible. But I think that's what that moment was. I think it was cumulatively yeah. the removal of invincibility for so many of these guys.
2: Well, I am sending all of my thoughts to DeMar Hamlin and hoping he has a speedy recovery and not sure he'll play again, but that's irrelevant because he, I'm just happy that he's doing okay right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to ever sound insensitive. I really hope he is okay as well. I just hope this is an eye-opening experience for people that follow the NFL. Because well,
2: that's what I think, a wake-up call, a big wake-up call, hopefully. Here's the,
1: th- here I'll, the last point I'll make on this is, is that because of the the once-a-week phenomenon that is football, because of the fact that it comes on Sunday, and this is, in its essence, a Puritan country, and Sunday is the day of rest, so you have the excuse to sit around all day and watch TV, because the NFL has become such a huge spectacle with so many huge stars, and because there's such a direct correlation between the stars you love in college that then go to the NFL. The NFL, for better or worse, has crafted this entire image as this community-oriented family get-together. We're going to all spend all day watching the Bills or the Broncos or whatever. We're going to cook food and do all, And that's all great. That's all wholesome. Think of that, though, if you did all that same stuff for a prize fight. Nobody would do that.
2: No.
1: Nobody's going to go sit outside the MGM Grand for 10 hours and pregame and cook bratwursts because they're going to go watch John Jones fight Francis and Goddard That's never going to happen. It's the same blood sport. True. Except for in football, they just have more guys on the field and they wear helmets. But and it's pads. the same level of yeah. violence. No, you're right. I mean, the UFC might be slightly more violent, but you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I get
2: what you're saying. It's you, just you, not- would,
1: you would totally take your kids to an NFL game. Maybe. You would never take your kids to a prize fight. Right. Right. That's what I think that people need to realize because is, it's
2: not so outright like you're they're not punching each other in the face. They're just not holding totally. each,
1: each other in the in the brain. But they're with trying a, to get the
2: ball down the field. That, totally.
1: But like they're wearing a helmet. That's yeah. a weapon.
2: Yeah,
1: it's I, I don't mean to sound cynical about it. I'm just saying like. It's one of the most violent sports ever created. If you accept that, that's fine. But making it all about family and bratwursts and church and all these things is like, it just seems so disingenuous to me. That's the only thing that I hope comes from this. I hope that people are realizing just how brutal of a sport it really is. I think they are. Check it out, no Sports, ESPN Radio, SWX. Montana Television, and the uh, ESPN MT app. Carolyn in studio for the first time since 2023. Okay, uh, for 2023, I should say. Okay, what else you got? I got to lighten it up. Yeah, we need to lighten it up. Whew. Sorry, I just went off it's there a okay. little bit.
2: No, it's, these are all important things that need to be said, so it's all good. All right, so I don't know if you heard, but uh, the World Cup was happening in Qatar a while ago. <laughs> I'm sure if yes, you heard, heard about it. So the U.S. men's team coach. Coach Berhalter on Tuesday issued a statement signed by his wife. This is the head coach of the men's soccer team that um, basically he had been blackmailed and someone was threatening to out him for kicking his then girlfriend, now wife of 25 years in 1991. Um, He described it as a shameful moment that he regrets this day, but he was being blackmailed and he wanted to get ahead of it and let people know. Guess who was blackmailing him?
1: I have no idea.
2: The mother of one of his players that didn't get a lot of playing time in Qatar during the World Cup. Wow. She is also. This is
1: not that light. Domestic assault allegation blackmail.
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, and I'm not saying please. I shouldn't
1: laugh at this. This is not funny. But okay,
2: so he was 19, and he and his wife got his girlfriend got in a fight, and he kicked her. Now. He's a soccer player. (laughs) Just kidding. But he, that was a joke.
1: I I got it. It's funny. (laughs) Ha
2: But when you're 19 and you're a stoop, again, I'm not advocating domestic violence, anything like that. But it wasn't like he beat the crap out of her in an an elevator and pulled her out of the, you know, it's like he, they got in a fight. He kicked her. They ended up working things out, getting married, been married for 25 years. So it's Gio Reyna's mother. Her name is Danielle Reyna. She also played for the women's soccer, the U.S. women's soccer team, as did Gio Reyna's father. If that okay? Are you following that? Got it. So she was really upset that he didn't play very well. He didn't start during the World Cup. He subbed twice, and she was really mad. And um, apparently, the reason for this was that he was being a little punk, and the coach was proving a point, which is something that I think all coaches should do, especially in youth sports. But don't get me started anyway. So I feel (laughs) like um, this mom of a 20 year old tried to blackmail him like this is insane to me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, what, what's our main lesson around here, Carolyn? That, oh. the, that the entire point of sports is not about winning. It's about learning how to lose, right? Agree. about how to right? Oh, fail, yeah, for right? sure. It's, it's always been so funny to me. So two of the most omnipresent things in sports during my 35 years on earth have been blaming the officials and blaming the coaches. Mm-hmm. You can never blame the coach if you're good enough or you work hard enough, right? Right. Think about how big of a pain in the ass Dennis Rodman is. Yeah. Did Dennis Rodman ever ride the bench? Even though he's coming to practice with, you know, earrings address. and a dress yeah. and rainbow hair and, Ecstasy. you know. yeah. Talking smack to everybody, going to Vegas overnight, coming back, smelling like whatever. Like, guess what? He still played all the time. Why? Because he outworked everybody. And, you know, I mean, the fact that he's six foot nine and an exceptional athlete is also part of it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, almost never is the bias of an adult the reason why your kid isn't playing. Almost never.
2: Right. But if your kid is being a punk and been warned. That's true, too. And then the um, coach says, I'm not going to play you. Then you you take your you know, you learn from that Mm -hmm. and you say, I'm not going to be a punk. And now instead, his mommy is blackmailing the coach. I mean, this is, it's like just disgusting to me. If I did that to one of my kids, they would be mortified. Yes. I, I'm just so curious about what this kid thinks. Totally. Like, do you think he's like, yeah, or. Do you I,
1: think- I don't, I mean, I think that when you are on the U.S. national team and playing in the World Cup, you should probably just tell your mom to go away.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: I mean, or just keep it behind closed doors. We'll talk about it somewhere else, right? Like. Yeah. I think he's probably very embarrassed.
2: Yeah, he should be. Um I just want I'm just excited to know that I'm not the helicopter mother of the year. <laughs> Knowing this information, I feel much better about uh, you know, my life.
1: Well, I got some homework for you. Check it out on sports here on ESPN Radio. Okay. There's a new series on Hulu.
2: Okay.
1: Called The Dark Side of the 90s. Oh yeah. Have you watched this? I've
2: watched yeah, I watched part of it. Man Was that the one with like Jenny Jones and... Jerry
1: Springer. Like that episode is hilarious. There's one all about Beverly Hills 90210 and like how transcendent that was.
2: You might have fancy Hulu. I have cheap Mm. Hulu. I'll see. Because I've seen some of it. Um, Speaking of Jerry Springer and Jenny Jones, I have been in the audience of both of those shows. Oh my goodness. And I did get up and speak at... No, you did not. Jerry Springer. Stop. Is that
1: on film anywhere?
2: Somewhere. So...
1: Did you still have a bowl cut?
2: Shut up. <laughs> I had long hair, and um, it, this was back when Jerry Springer was respectable. It was before it became what it became. I didn't
1: know that that was part of the uh-huh. deal. Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati. Cincinnati.
2: yeah. Do you know why he got impeached or whatever happens when you're a mayor? Uh, something with- He wrote a check to a prostitute. <laughs> That's how he was- uh, Im- I don't know if you get impeached when you're a mayor or what, but did yeah. he just
1: put in the memo line? Like, like
2: hooker. Oh, no, I don't know. My what my
1: he- goodness. Yeah. So- That is too Jerry too Springer much.
2: used to be a respectable show, I think for the first two years or so. So my friend and I went downtown Chicago and we went to a filming and it was about homelessness. And this guy- um, I actually kind of think now looking back, I might have kickstarted the trashiness. The, okay. because this
1: you're the one that said it up This off.
2: guy owned a fancy restaurant in San Francisco. In, in hindsight, this is funny to me because for so many reasons, but he was a restaurant owner in San Francisco. And he said that homeless people keep, this was probably before San Francisco became the Mecca of homeless people. Right. But homeless people outside of his restaurant... Um, keep people from wanting to come in and it's causing problem with his business. Okay. So I raised my hand and I said... (laughs) Maybe the, pro- <laughs> I said, maybe the problem isn't homeless people. Maybe your restaurant just sucks. <laughs> and my Jerry God. goes, oh, and takes the mic old away. were you? 19. Wow. I'll see if we can find it. Is
1: it on Chicago? This was in Chicago? It was in
2: Chicago, yeah. Oh, my and, God. And then I went to a Johnny Jones. I so why remember. did
1: you go to, what was the pull? Why would you want to go to Jerry Springer if it wasn't WWF full brawl style?
2: Because it was the beginning of Talk shows, Hmm. and I think it was like, Oh, you get free tickets to Jerry. I mean, it was do you remember
1: when Geraldo Rivera broke into Al Capone's tomb or whatever it was?
2: Yeah, I do. I forgot about that. They said
1: that was like the start of it all because Geraldo was like this nerdy. News reporter guy who was yeah. like relatively famous, but then he had like this two day special where he's breaking into the Bobster's tomb. That's right. Well, you and know, then all of a sudden he has this talk show that's like you're not the father, and then all of a sudden Maury seals that, and then Jerry Springer and all these different. Well, so people.
2: Geraldo was also one of the you know big talk show hosts, and he ended up getting his nose broken on on television because right. he had I think it was like um, white supremacists on or something, and right. Then a huge fight broke out and then I remember him just having this big broken nose. I I don't remember exactly when Jerry Springer flipped the switch, but I will tell you when I worked in the NBC building in Chicago, which is where it was filmed, you'd be like walking to work going through the lobby and you'd see just the trashiest people walking through the lobby, getting out of a limo because they get like the full, you know, set up and they're like yelling at each other, just walking, walking in the lobby, like ready to fight. I mean, it was, it was surreal.
1: So surreal. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep. uh, Maybe you need to get the new, uh, the upgraded Hulu so you can get. Okay.
2: I'll watch, especially about Niner. I mean, that's like my favorite show. I mean,
1: there's like, there's, you know, there's stuff you knew that I I just think that it's a fascinating deal because of the why right like I knew Jerry Springer was a phenomenon how did it become that though like what were the things that made them want to go that direction same thing with like Beverly Hills now to another like you remember it as this like sweet trend setting show or whatever but like you don't really realize that when they put in perspective for you like that was the first time that they like it wasn't just like the obedient teenager who lived at home and mom and dad are the main characters but then like Michael P. Keaton's coming downstairs or whatever Right. these kids were like living their own lives being rebellious teenagers it just like showed the world oh my gosh like 17
2: year olds are Doing whatever well, the hell they want. It was real because right. I was seventeen. I mean, I was the totally. exact age of them or the you know, their show. And so like I graduated high school the same time as them. Yeah. I graduated college the same time yeah. so like I was on that and then I lived in LA. I lived in Hermosa Beach where that beach house right. was. Not purposefully, just right. was, you know.
1: Well, and listening to the girls talk about how they you know, they're all cast as seventeen year olds, but they're really like, like 27, twenty seven. Yeah, But and- my
2: mom would sit and watch it with me every Wednesday or Thursday whenever it was on and she'd <laughs> watched it during college and i think it was like to connect with me and like know what teens were doing you sure. know and so Wait. i have great memories of that fascinating da, 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 da. <laughs>
1: <coughs> oh we're definitely putting that as your new intro song Do that's it. just gonna be your intro song great. for all time now check it out no sports espn radio uh anything else no sorry uh i gotta inform you since you have no idea what your two least favorite guys despite having the two worst seasons of their whole careers are going to make the playoffs
2: well they're not going to go to the Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers
1: needs to win on Sunday night to go to the playoffs who are they playing they play the Detroit Lions in Lambeau Field there's no way Detroit's coming into Lambeau and winning really but Tom Brady already clinched his division even though they played like complete junk all year long and uh so your two favorite guys go to the playoffs
2: how how does that even happen
1: well, first of all, the NFL season is just egregiously long. It's so long. They've been playing for so many, I mean.
2: Since August, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. And And uh, also, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that would tell you that the NFL, it's a business. And they don't want Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers sitting at home.
2: Do you think Tom Brady's going to retire this year?
1: I definitely don't. Really? Yeah, I definitely don't. I do. You do? Yeah,
2: I do. You go I on think a, go on
1: a manhunt for uh, Antonio Brown?
2: Yes, for sure. <laughs> but I also think he's um, realizing that he's an old man and it's time totally. to hang it up. Just my opinion. Yeah. I I think he's now and now he's single ready to mingle. Wow. Gross.
1: Sweet potato fries.
2: No, not even. What a date. Uh, chicken does those no sports. Be back next
1: week. Thanks to Buff
2: City Soap, The
1: Hype House, and Hot House Yoga. Thanks for being here, Carolyn. Thanks. <laughs> Amazing. No idea that Tom Brady's in the playoffs. That's why she is the one and only. who doesn't know sports. This is Nuana's is now. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on a Friday. I have no idea what we're talking about on the other side. That's what makes it fun. A little blindside next. Keep it right here. Nuana's now, ESPN Radio. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Even if you don't like this song, I guarantee you you're singing it. What's up everybody? Newanas Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, but not today. And uh usually ESPN uh or SWX Montana Television and uh always on the ESPN MT app. Happy Friday. Coulter nuana's coming to you through the uh ESPN Studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company, Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years and uh, happy to say so. Because it's a Friday and uh, because, you know, it's the time of year where we get to loosen it up a little bit, not quite as structured as uh, we usually roll, we're just going to have some fun. So I don't know what we're going to talk about. These guys behind the glass are going to tell me. We're to, we do this from time to time, well, blindside, just open-ended questions to prompt discussions all about the wide role of sports or otherwise. So uh what do you got for me, guys?
3: Well, Coulter, I appreciate the opportunity. Haven't done some <laughs> blindside in a while. Uh I liked where you were headed yesterday when we were doing the history lessons. Mm. And we were spotlighting some athletes from some sports that you might not hear about yeah. a ton anymore. We were spotlighting some jockeys. I jockeys, know there have been yeah. some billiards players in that book as well. And I think you'd have a, a much different spread of sports if you'd done that for the 50 years after that book came out, right? So sure,
1: yeah. This, year, this book, 1954, the copyright, so it's kind of like the first half of the 20th
3: century. And if you'd been doing a book in, in 2004 about the, uh, the back half of the 20th century, you would have said, well, why are there only two basketball players in here? Why are there all these horse racing guys? Yeah. So I guess the question is, what would you say would change if that happened if they do another one 50 years from now? Are there oh, going to be sports in 50 years where we're going to look back and say, well, why were there so many guys in this book leading up to 2020? Or are there going to be sports where if we read a book that was 50 years in the future, we'd be like, "Why are there guys who are playing this sport in a book about the 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 greatest athletes of you know the next 50 years?" Like, if if they wrote this book in 50 years, would there be pickleball players in there, Coulter? Like, right? What do you what do you think? That's a that's a really good
1: question. You know, I was thinking about I was thinking further about that discussion yesterday too because. I mean, for example, there are, I, at least to this point, we are on the S's in this alphabetically ordered book and 119 pages in. And, uh, I mean, th- there's not a women's basketball player in here. There would have to be a women's basketball player of some sort. Uh, there's not a uh, women's Olympian, really, of any sort in, in here, uh, except for, I think, maybe there was like a a water or a a polo player, a traditional polo player or something. But I mean, there's, you know, multiple track athletes and gymnasts come to mind. But into the future, I'm not sure. Because, you know, what's the sustainability? I mean, I think that's the one thing that this thing teaches you is like the cycles of American sport in terms of what's the most prominent um, are not actually that long, really. I mean, we talk a lot about the the ebbs and flows of baseball here. And even though baseball is nowhere close to as popular today in 2023 as it was in 1954, it's not as if it's completely dead. Whereas I don't know a person that could name a jockey. Like who is the greatest jockey in the world right now? I have no idea. Not, not one clue. So I do think that there's certain elements of that. I mean, there's the, there's the evolution of popularity. There's also, um, I think the evolution of of desegregation, I think that has certainly changed what the scope of the 100 greatest athletes of the last 50 years would look like. And and that's a a great thing. And, And then there's also just so much more opportunities for women, which then broadens your choice for great athletes as well. There's not other... I mean, in terms of social barriers, there's not that many social barriers left to cross in the sporting world. So then... How do you diversify, or what changes? What we, what what captivates us? Um, you'd have to you have to think that. Uh, well, I don't know. Prize fighting has evolved so much. The most famous and prominent prize fighters now in the world are not boxers anymore; they're they're mixed martial artists. Yet still that does not have the uh, the na- the nation or the world's attention like it once did. I mean, soccer's one for sure. I mean, there uh, there is not a soccer player in this book.
3: That's one for sure. In the 1954, there's no soccer players in yeah. the book. In 2004, I think even if you were only doing American athletes, you would have thrown a soccer player in there. And in 2054, certainly I think there will be many American soccer players you would have to include. I think also in, in 1954, if you had told somebody, in the next edition of this book, uh, Tony Hawk is going to be in there, right? Mm, yeah, they would be yeah, like, yeah. "And and what is the skateboard again?" Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, totally. Sean White,
1: Kelly Slater, <laughs> totally. That's a that's a really good one as well. Yeah, it, just in terms of pure athletic achievement. I mean, one of my favorite books I've ever read is is The Sports Gene by David Epstein, and, and he goes through the science and the genetics behind what makes great athletes. You know, you can spit the stereotype out that's, you know, when you say, oh, who won the Boston Marathon? I bet he was from Kenya. It's a very stereotypical and and sort of prejudging thing to say. But there also is a definitive genetic and scientific reason why so many of the greatest distance runners in the world have come from Kenya. There's also a very definitive scientific and genetic reason why some of the great sprinters, in the world have come from jamaica i mean it, it, there is a science behind that i mean where your your gene pool comes from and what athletically but also culturally and sociologically and survival wise that you needed to do plus just the elements around you i mean the altitude the mountains in kenya the the fact that many kenyans have to run to and from to get water and all these different things those all when you when you hash it out over 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 generations, you know, hundreds of years, those help influence certain genetic traits that then translate to athleticism. But part of that book, though, talks about what are the limits of human athleticism, right? Like, unless unless homo sapiens evolve into a new, a, a different version of the homo whatever, Then, can you really run any faster than Usain Bolt? We're running up against the limits here, (laughs) right? Like, can you run a marathon faster than the dude that ran the marathon in under two hours? Like, I don't know how you can run faster than that. Well, genetically, it's an
3: interesting point, Coulter. And what's going to happen is the human species is going to still come up with ways to challenge themselves, right? For sure, it'll just be more complicated than saying how fast can you run. 100 meters. Right, right, totally. You, you, you add challenge to it, right? That's exactly right. Uh, good
1: question. I, I, I'm not sure what the future might hold, um, but, but I'm sure that it will hold something, right? I mean,
3: that's sort of the point of the question, right? I mean, when, when we look at the changes, if you wrote another edition of this book in 50 years, there would be people playing sports in there that we have no conception of and we would find ridiculous, right? And you think. That's that seems like a long time, fifty years. But I, that's why I love why we're going through this book from over fifty years ago now, uh, just to see how much it changes.
1: Well, and that's why when people are saying, you know, there's always the the argument of of you know greatness, and if you don't put it into relativity of the environment that you are in, then I think that it it loses some of its its nuance when you're talking about that, like. If you put Ray Lewis in a football game in 1930, he's making 50 tackles. I mean, he's he's if he was in his full 2002 prime shape and uniform and helmet and armor and whatever, he's wrecking people. Not only would he <laughs> make 50 tackles, he would also run for an 80-yard touchdown every time he touched <laughs> the ball. That's right. But then also, it's the, the transitive property is true as well, though. You give Jim Thorpe modern-day training and modern-day nutrition and modern-day opportunity and modern-day equipment, and how could you say that Jim Thorpe wouldn't also be one of the great athletes? I mean, Bill Russell's the greatest example you can think of, right? You give Bill Russell modern-day everything. How could Bill Russell not still be one of the great defensive players in the history of basketball? So I I do think it goes uh, both ways. Now is now ESPN Radio, SWX, Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Let's take one more break and— And maybe we'll have a little bit more fun with the last couple minutes here on your Friday. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Well, happy weekend, everybody. Hope you got big plans, or maybe you have no plans. Maybe you went all out. It's weird when Christmas and New Year's are both on the weekend because uh, it makes you feel like a double weekend, and <laughs> I don't know. It's just interesting. It's, like, great at some point and also weird at some point. I don't know. Nuwana no is now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Friday Uh, If you've been watching or listening, we got a whole bunch of new gear here at ESPN. And uh, this is the first time I've worn this red shirt that I got a little Nike dry fit with our ESPN logos on there. I got to say thanks to Graphic Imprints for getting us all hooked up with new gear uh, around the new year. Graphic Imprints does apparel, screen printing, embroidery, vinyl design, promotions, and awards. You can find out more about how to get your business all branded and all geared up at graphic imprints.com, or you get to set up our guy, Nate Dolan, at nat, Nate at graphic imprints.com. Miss anything in the show today? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. And it's uh, hosted proudly, uh, sponsored proudly by the M Store and the MSU. Bookstore. Um, big Sky Basketball back in full swing tomorrow. And it's just a flip of what we saw last night. And uh, the Northern Colorado women's team will be here in um, Missoula to take on the Lady Grizz. It's a big game for the Lady Grizz. They're one and two in league play. Northern Colorado did not look good in Bozeman Thursday night. And uh, so, Lady Grizz definitely need a big win. North Colorado is super young. The Lady Grizz are super young, especially in the front court. Um, but the Lady Grizz have to prove they can rebound the basketball. That's just the point blank what it comes down to. So that'll be a fun afternoon soiree. We'll be down there at Dahlberg Arena. In Bozeman, NAU can go see if they can prove it. be huge for Lori Payne squad if they go in there and beat Montana State and they get the Treasure State sweep. Uh, but easier said than done. And uh, for the men's teams... Also huge for Montana because they are one and two in league play as well, and that's not the start they wanted. Although I will say, in Travis DeCure's nine seasons, they oftentimes start uh, slow out the gates in Big Sky Conference play. But it's still a big game for the Grizz and Greeley tomorrow, and, and then the Bobcats. They'll see if they can get the road sweep or if NAU can carry the momentum with their overtime win you know, over the Grizz. So, well, recaps of all that for you on the Montana Basketball Hour. On Monday, we'll also have the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Marty Mornoweg in studio, recapping the end of the NFL regular season. Have yourself a great weekend, and come hang out with us again at 4 p.m. on Monday. We'll see you then. This has been Is Now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delanz of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know... If you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that?